The Holy Gospel is written in the 21st chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning at the first verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man should say aught unto you, unto you ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. And the disciples went, and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set, them, they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. This is the gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Now at my very first training weekend as a curate, the very first bishop who came to address us, the then Bishop of Barking, David Hawkins, performed a handstand in front of us. Now this is not the kind of behavior that you normally expect from bishops, but he did it to demonstrate the way in which Jesus, through his life and teaching, turns our understanding of life upside down. Jesus had a marvelous way of subverting people's expectations. He did it when he called the one without sin to cast the first stone. He did it when he, their master, served the disciples by washing their feet. And he did it too on this occasion, the entry uh, into Jerusalem. Some people at the time expected him, if he really was Israel's Messiah or King, to lead an armed rebellion against their Roman oppressors. As his ministry had gone on, these people had begun pressing him to declare his hand and make it crystal clear whether he was the one to lead this armed rebellion or not. And Jesus chose the moment of his entry into Jerusalem 
to declare his hand, but not in the way that those people expected. Instead of coming into Jerusalem as a warrior king on a war horse leading an army, he came unarmed and riding on a donkey. And in doing so, he was pointing all those who knew the Hebrew scriptures well to a passage in Zechariah, which we heard um, earlier, which says this, Rejoice, rejoice, people of Zion. Shout for joy, you people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He comes triumphant and victorious, but humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The Lord says, I will remove the war chariots from Israel and take the horses from Jerusalem. The bows used in battle will be destroyed. Your king will make peace among the nations. He will rule from sea to sea, from the river Euphrates to the ends of the earth. So by entering into Jerusalem in this way, Jesus made it crystal clear that he was the king, the Messiah that the people were expecting, but also that he would not be the kind of king or Messiah that they were expecting. He would not come as the warrior king who would destroy Israel's enemies or oppressors. Under his rule, the only things to be destroyed are weapons themselves, the war chariots, the war horses, and the bows that the Zechariah passage spoke about. He came as the prince of peace, not as the warrior king. He came as the king who humbled himself by riding on the lowest, poorest form of transport, a colt, the foal of a donkey, not as a king who exalted himself on the largest and fastest steed. Later, as we've thought, he would wash his disciples' feet as a way of saying that peace comes through service. And he was, of course, preparing to sacrifice all himself, including his own life, in order to serve his enemies by saving them. Sometime after Jesus' death and resurrection, the Apostle Paul explained in his letter to the Ephesians how Jesus had made peace among the nations. Paul said this, Christ himself has brought us peace by making Jews and Gentiles one people. With his own body, he broke down the wall that separated them and kept them enemies. He abolished the Jewish law with its commandments and rules in order to create out of the two races one new people in union with himself, in this way making peace. By his death on the cross, Christ destroyed their enmity. By means of the cross, he united both races into one body and brought them back to God. Instead of destroying the enemies of Israel as some had expected, Jesus came to love his enemies and unite them with his own people, making peace. 
Paul then goes further to say that there are now no distinctions either between slaves and free, between men and women, or between those thought of as civilized and those thought of as barbarians. All are one in Christ. The implication being that there are now no barriers or divisions that should separate us, for all can be one in Christ. And as a result, we are called to follow in the footsteps of Jesus by becoming peacemakers in our own homes, communities, and workplaces. Just as Jesus did the reverse of what people expected by loving those who were thought of as the enemies of his people and sacrificing himself in order to bring these two groups together, so we need to do the same in relation to the divisions we experience in our own time and culture. Church needs to be a place and a space in which we reverse people's expectations by living and demonstrating Jesus' embrace of all people everywhere. Now, of course, we need to acknowledge that the church hasn't always had a great track record in doing this. The Crusades, the Inquisition, the slave trade, for example, all seem to have been the reverse of what Jesus did. And we need to show real sorrow over that history and the effect that it still has in certain parts of our world today. But there have also been great examples from the church, even in our own lifetimes, of people like Martin Luther King, Oscar Romero, Mother Teresa, and Desmond Tutu, who have tried to follow much more closely in Jesus' footsteps. And we can learn from the example of such people so that we too become people who reveal Jesus in our world by following where he led in turning people's expectations upside down and sacrificing ourselves in order to bring peace between all people, regardless of any distinctions. May it be so for each one of us. Amen.